Warning, the following podcast is a shit show, and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life, according to an idiot. Jeremy. Kaylee. I, uh. Is this a podcast right now? This is our podcast. Did you know that? Oh, I see. I thought this was a silent film. <laughs> That's why I wore all this stage makeup. <laughs> Are you aware of Jablinski? No. Are you aware of Jack Black? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what Jablinski is now? Yeah. It's his YouTube channel. He does games, right? Gaming YouTube channel yeah. that he just started. That's he already cool. has like a million subscribers. Because well, he's Jack stu- Black. Yeah. Who's in Kung Fu off. Panda. If yeah. you were in Kung Fu Panda, Kaylee, we would be doing so much better. But no, but you we couldn't were, be. I was like 10. You couldn't even be in Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> uh, I, I heard something. My mom told me this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not about Jack Black. <laughs> me and my mom were just talking about Jack Black the other day. <laughs> no, uh, the tradition of a bride carrying flowers down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Started because way, way, way back in the day, people didn't bathe as regularly. Mm-hmm. So the bride would carry the flowers to keep away the stench. Nice. Want to hear an oh, even weirder one? Yeah. Back in the day also, you know, like leather tanning? Mm-hmm. They used to use something in urine to tan leather. I have heard that, actually. Okay, really? Yeah. Okay, so I know it's legit. So what would happen is homeless people would get a pot, collect their urine over like a week, mm-hmm. and then sell it to the tanning shops. Right. And that's where the term piss poor came from. Ah. And then for people that were so poor, they didn't even have a pot to piss in. Mm-hmm. That was where the saying, I don't have a pot to piss in came from. Oh, gosh. Thank you for that. It's the small things in life that give you joy. Yeah, like like a homeless man's urine. I know you liked it on Twitter, but um, what's the... What was it called? Let me look it up real quick. Hentai? You probably can infer what I'm hinting at here. It was definitely hentai. Oh, Sonder. It's the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and as complex as your own, with friends, routines, worries, and ambitions. You might only appear once or not at all in the lives of others as an extra sipping coffee or a blur walking the streets. Yeah, I've heard that before because I'm pretty sure that's not actually a word. It's like it's from this thing called the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. I think it's a website, but it's also like a YouTube channel. Okay. What they do is they create words for things or feelings that don't have words but should. I believe Sonder is part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's called a uh, lexical gap when certain languages don't have words for certain things you know like for example in the english language there's no word for somebody who isn't a virgin oh it's either you're a virgin or then you're just a not virgin there's no actual word for it which is super weird so that's a lexical gap right but anyways yeah it's dictionary of obscure sorrows it's it's super cool yeah i i i really liked that because i mean like even though i know people have their own lives and everything you never really stop to think like that one person i passed in a coffee shop is living their own life as detailed and vivid as my own right i love like that's such a weird thing to think about it's like super existential like it's like jack black like jack black has lived such a detailed life can you imagine what his life is probably like it's probably just a lot of him doing like finger guns and moonwalking out of rooms probably and then him pretending to be a panda yep do you think he had to learn kung fu for the movie no any actor worth his weight and salt needs to really dive into a character. Well, I'm sure he, like so when he was voice acting, he was like doing karate chops 
while oh, he was definitely. speaking. Oh, my God. Of course. Can you? Oh, I, I need like a uh, <laughs> I need like a documentary about Jack Black's life being Kung Fu Panda. He's like super method. Just, oh, just destroying yeah. his family life. He only eats bamboo. Jared Leto level of method actor. Jared Leto sent like a, a dead rat and a condom to one of his co-stars in the Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, and he had like a pig's head like sent to the cast too. Yeah. He would like terrorize them on so, a that's daily so basis. Un- that's so un- there's okay, there's method acting and there's being an asshole. Right, there's just being fucking crazy. Yeah. Jack Black definitely sent a dead a dead mouse and a condom to his Kung Fu Panda co-stars. To oh, get, yeah, to get sure. in that mindset, you have to. You know what I mean? Right. I want to read you this other thing. You're going to like this. I just found a dictionary of obscure sorrows. Okay. The term, it's a verb called midding. It says, feeling the tranquil pleasure of being near a gathering, but not quite in it. Hovering on the perimeter of a campfire, chatting outside a party while others dance inside, resting your head in the back seat of a car, listening to your friends chatting up front, feeling blissfully invisible, yet still fully included, safe in the knowledge that everyone is together and everyone is okay. With all the thrill of being there without the burden of having to be. Aw. That's weirdly specific. Yeah, I love that. I know yeah. the exact feeling, though. Yeah. That's yeah. like my favorite way of existing. Mm-hmm. I know I've talked to you about it before. Lexical gaps are, like, really, really cool. Like, orange. Orange is, like, the last major color word to appear ever. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the word comes after the fruit. Like, there was the fruit that we called orange, and then we started using that word to describe orange things. That's weird. Like, um, people that have orange hair, they're called a redhead, even though their hair is not red. It's orange. And um, I think I told you this before, but old Vikings, like Norse, Norse culture, they didn't have a word for black. Oh. Yeah, so they described things that were black as, like, dark blue. Uh, you know, like Bluetooth on your phone. Uh, I'm just full of facts right now. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen like the like the symbol for it? Yeah. That's actually like an old Norse rune, rune as in symbol for like a king that was known as Bluetooth. Really? Because he had a dead tooth that was black. But there, again, there's no word for black in old Norse language, so they called it like you know Bluetooth. Yeah. So Jeremy. Yeah. There's another big thing that has happened recently, and do you know what it is? Oh, you got a, a dead rat and a condom in the mail. Um, Close. The Bachelor has started up again. And I think it is probably going to be the worst season that has ever existed so far. I would like to put it out there that I watch The Bachelor ironically and I like to make fun of it. Also, I don't like watching dudes like hit on 20 women at once uh, for multiple reasons. But in the first episode was three hours long. They can do that? <laughs> Within that first hour, there were four shower scenes of The Bachelor. What does that mean? Them filming him take a shower. Four separate scenarios. Same, The same man? Yeah, The Bachelor. They just filmed him showering four separate times. Like alone? Yes. And it was just like him narrating over himself showering of like, I'm ready to settle down and find the right woman. And it's just him like not being able to open his eyes because there's water in them because he's in the shower. So he has to do that weird like pinchy thing with his (laughs) eyes to try and open them. I'm finally ready to move on to the body wash. (laughs) Did they make him stay in the shower for hours on end? Who wants this? He's going to drown in there. (laughs) He's going to show up at the opening ceremony like some waterlogged corpse, (laughs) still completely wet, staggering towards them. Don't be alarmed by my raisin-like skin. (laughs) I've merely been locked in the shower for the better part of an afternoon. But the first episode, I think, is always the best. Like, that's the one where they introduce all the girls and they, like, come out of the limo and do their, like, first impression thing. Yeah. And the guy, the bachelor, is a virgin. So naturally, like, half the girls 
mentioned his virginity. And then one girl had like a balloon that she popped and she's like, I popped your cherry. Ha ha. Oh. <laughs> one girl. Oh my God. Shows up in a police car, right? Sirens on and everything. She comes out, goes up to him and goes, yeah, I'm a stylist, but today I'm the fashion police. <laughs> Who's paying for the... Who, where did she shell out the cash to rent a police That's car? That's the thing. They, like, pay for everything themselves, I'm pretty sure. Like, all the gowns and, like, makeup and, like, hair stuff. The studio has to do something. They give them a bikini, and that is it. Like, one girl was like, I had to choose between quitting my job or coming here, and I feel like I made the right choice. I could be totally wrong, but I feel like no one's actually gotten their start by being a contestant on The Bachelor, right? It's not like Meryl Streep's like, well, it all started when I rented a cop car and made a vague attempt at hitting on a virgin I never met before. I mean, it depends on what, like, networks, like, social networks you're in. Because, like, in The Bachelor Nation, they do get, like, fame to the point where they can quit their jobs and just, like, promote tea. And, like, be Instagram celebrities right. for a few years. But, yeah, if you're outside, like, Bachelor world, nobody knows them. They're complete right. nobodies. Bachelor is such a strange show and premise, but it's one of those things that, like, I just, I hate that I like it. Yeah. Um, Hey, I got some Tinderellas. Tinderellas? I haven't heard that name in years. I know. It's been uh, at least a week since we've done a Tinderella. Cinderella? Would you mind if I spread Nutella on her butt and ate it? So since we're not using real names, I decided to use nicknames for certain types of people. So the Tinderella I'm about to tell you, I'm going to name him Freddy. His bio says, most girls on here are so chicken shit. Why can you communicate? I don't need that type of dishonesty in my life. I don't do Apple Pay or any of that BS cam girl shit either. So if you're thinking of any prepayment for anything, unmatch me now. <laughs> Just be real and meet for coffee or tea like real people do. That was, he's clearly well associated with cam girls. He's so upset about Apple Pay. Cam girls is so 2018 Freddy. No more cam girls, 2019 Freddy. But I also like... I feel like it's kind of ingenious to be a cam girl and just go all over Tinder. Like, why didn't I think of that? Why am I not selling feet pics on Tinder? You don't have a good enough webcam. Let's be real. It's true. Do you mind if I introduce you to Christy? Yeah, go ahead. Hi, Christy. Christy keeps it real brief, and I really appreciate that. Christy says, Live don't just exist. Don't be she. I'm not. Sagittarius. <laughs> I like this because I think she covers all corners. I can assume that when she says exist, she's referring to um, existential. Right. So live. Don't just get caught up in those existential crises. Mm -hmm. Crises. Crises is the plural, I believe. Sure. She would know. Uh, don't be she. I'm not. And I, and I think that's her talking to her inner demons. She's saying, don't be she. Mm. And then she has that breaking point. She says, I'm not. Ah. That she's talking to herself. And it's it's definitely theatrical. Right. There's definitely a narrative that she's building here. Also, I love that final line, Sagittarius. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I think it's Latin for something. She's clearly very, very well studied. Yeah. And also, really bold move. Uh, there was no punctuation at all in this in, uh. in bio. And she's 49 miles away. So it's... Good. Well, now that we are sufficiently filled in... Filled up. Filled up with Tinderellas, Jeremy. How about jumping into this week's topic? So, Kaylee, what you chose? 
Did you choose it? I choose this segment. Um, you chose it. I chose it. So, Kaylee, as you know, I picked this segment for today. Do you know what it is? Yeah. I, uh, I would hope so, because you we I, both I, researched I, it yeah, extensively. I researched it. Uh, we're talking about demons, possessions, and exorcisms. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, demons have, have always been like something that I always thought were really scary. Were you ever afraid of demons? Um, I was when I was littler, for sure. Like, my family's always been like really, like my mother's side- mostly it's been very like spiritual you know what i think is scarier than that though hmm. that you just use the word littler oh what kind of, what? my dumb dumb yeah when i was little i was because like i i grew up with the thought that it was like all like definitely real like my aunt you know yeah. says she's psychic you know- and can speak to the I almost said the devil can speak to <laughs> can speak to spirits and stuff and Wait, what? like her house is haunted and why not never know this yeah she's very into like crystals and you know sage and like yeah. spells and fairies and like all that stuff I'm more of a skeptic now I'm also not ready to totally discredit it either uh, just in case something happens I'm not gonna fuck with it but I don't necess- I don't think it would do anything. If I did do it. I don't believe in demons, but if I did, they wouldn't hurt me because they couldn't. Ah. <laughs> so without further ado, let's slip into... Uh, well, you didn't tell me if you were scared of demons. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventure. Is it human or inhuman? Earthly or unearthly. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. What an excellent day for an exorcism. They are possessed by something. It's not them. Something's coming in. Unbelievable. Fantastic. But I tell you, it could happen. All right, a demon. <laughs> That's the worst way to intro that. So what What are demons, huh? Evil, if you're like, talking about like possession, evil spirit stuff. Um, don't answer my rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> so demons, what is a demon? A demon is, according to the dictionary, mm-hmm. a, a demon is a supernatural, often malevolent entity or spirit made popular in religion, occultism, literature, mythology, and folklore. So Mm. what I found out is that demons have really been a bunch of things. For example, where did it start? Here's a brief history lesson. Just tune out if you need to. Okay. I already did. Cool. If you go back to classical Greek mythology, I don't know if it's said the same way, but they they spell demon different. It's D-A-E-M-O-N, like Damon, Mm. like Matt Damon. Yeah. Let's just call them Matt Damon. So Matt Damon was a Latin word meaning godlike power or fate. They were in the same realm as gods and stuff, but they were like the foot soldiers to actual gods. Right. They were lesser deities. There's a thing in classical Greek mythology called the Ages of Man. The Ages of Man was a mythical tale or explanation for how mankind went from, you know, heavenly creation to things that grovel and stink and yell at dogs. (laughs) You know what I mean? If we came from these gods, why are we like this? Right. And so the ages of man talk about several ages, several like generations of mankind that eventually went from what the gods first created to these like douchebags walking around today in ancient Greece. And there are five ages in total. So each is named after a metal, each metal being lower in value as time goes on. So the final age is the Iron Age, which is us, you know, modern men, but gold. The golden age was the first man. 
Now, the first men were the OG humans, you know, like we're talking fresh off the assembly line. The thought of, of, of farting in someone else's face never even occurred to them. They're as civil as civil can be, right? So these folks lived in peace and harmony, like alongside the gods. They lived off the land and everyone was equal. And then slowly over time, they became more and more corrupted, essentially. Right, like and, greedy. Yep, and less, and less heavenly, less divine, you know? And then, boom, you got us, the Iron Age. Okay. Truly the seventh Fast and Furious movie of mankind. But what about, what about the, the first men? Well, they died. And so the ancient Greeks believed that demons were the spirits of the first men. Oh, that's interesting. And they would walk the earth and, and help heroes on their quests. Okay. So how did it all get so screwed up? How come now we see demons as these like monsters? Right. That's uh, what I'm wondering, Jeremy. American culture specifically, our idea of demons derive from Judeo-Christian beliefs and texts. Mm. So in the Old Testament... Remember, the Old Testament is before the New Testament. Don't forget that. Ah, yes, thank you. It's I always get those mixed ultimate, up. Old Testament is the prequel to the Bible. Okay, maybe I'm just stupid, but I don't understand Testament versus Bible. Um, do I know? What we call the Old Testament is the Hebrew Bible, mm -hmm. the original Jewish scripture, like before all that Jesus Christ DLC. And the Bible is the Old Testament plus the New Testament, which is all about Jesus and his wacky adventures. And so the New Testament was written and compiled by Christians in like the first century AD. And that's what we got right now. Okay. So there's a little half-assed explanation religion lesson for you guys. I'm so ignorant when it comes to religion. So ignorant. So ignorant. So goddamn ignorant. So it all starts with the Old Testament. Uh, evil spirits appear in several books within the Old Testament. And what happens is when the Old Testament starts to get big, people that didn't speak Hebrew, specifically the Greek-speaking Jews of Alexandria, wanted a translation of it. They're like, hey, this is the hot new thing. This is like mm -hmm. what Fifty Shades of Grey was. Who is this God guy? Yeah, we're, like, we're really concerned. Let me read. Um, yeah, and so they finally made a translation. Unfortunately... In that translation, they sort of just made demon an umbrella term for evil mm. spirit. Yeah. So all of the less divine spirits, and this included foreign deities, certain beasts, and the natural evils that were took present in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. they all got called demons. So now we're here in, in the post-Judeo-Christian society, and demon is a term for all evil spirits. But all across the world in every sort of religion, there are evil spirits that all do the same things. They all torment humans, are messengers of certain gods, and uh, they possess people. So I just want to go through all the different demons throughout history. Okay. In both the ancient Greek mythology and ancient Egyptian mythology, their concept of demon was kind of blurred with the general concept of secondary deity. So there is no clear term for a bad demon, but in magical writings, they indicate that ancient Egyptian scribes acknowledged evil demons by highlighting their name in red ink. Yeah. There's two types of, of demons in ancient Egyptian mythology. There's guardians and wanderers. So guardians are tied to specific places, for example, like demons that are assigned guardianship over a specific place, like hmm. the passage into the underworld. Demons that are ah, there to okay, yeah. protect the underworld, you're not coming through and this demon's going to make sure that you don't get through. Mm -hmm. So this demon is only mean and aggressive because it's territorial. It's just doing its job. Exactly. It's just clocking in, clocking out, whatever. Now wanderers? Mm -hmm. Wanderers are demons associated with possession, mental illness, death, and plagues. Hmm. These guys typically work for the major gods like Ra and Osiris. Egyptian mythology is so interesting. I did. I took this whole course on mythology. It was so dense. I loved it. Mm, 
I need to. I have like it, I took up like three stuff. notebooks. That's how much we talked about. Damn. It was like a three-hour class, like twice a week. It was ridiculous. I would love to do that. Uh, so these guys, they're wanderers because they wander the mortal realm in search of uh, like specific mortals to punish and find. Mm. And this is on strict orders from certain gods. And they could also be agents of chaos. I don't know if you knew this, but in most religions, the start of the universe is not God. It's actually chaos. Hmm. It's this genderless thing called chaos that is just everything that's terrible and confusing and weird. And out of that comes the world. Okay. So I know like several I mean, religions that's like that. Yeah, I kind of like that though. It's like know. also it super seems conceptual. More like plausible, you know. In the case that they're agents of chaos, they're really just there to fuck shit up, you know? They're like, I'm just here to have fun, girls' night, gonna get drunk. Hell yeah. And just twerk on this sinner's face until he's dead and in hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suffocate you with my titties. Yeah, and so these guys, uh, the influence of wandering demons could be warded off with magic, but never destroyed. It's like herpes. You can treat it, but you can't get rid of them. Yeah, well, I told you about um, herpes, right? How it stays in your brain. Yeah. This is the most disturbing thing I've ever heard. I hate this. Herpes, like uh, cold sores on your mouth, uh, which is different from genital herpes. There are many like variants to herpes. But I learned in my genetics class that for cold sores, um, which is a form of herpes, it will manifest if you're ha- being like really stressed or if you're sick because uh, your immune system is down. So you'll... A cold sore will pop up but if you apply medication or if you start feeling healthier you're like taking care of yourself your cold sore will go away but what happens is the herpes virus doesn't disappear it doesn't go away it's always going to be in your system waiting until you're vulnerable again to strike but what it does is um, when it retreats it goes back into basically it goes to the back of your brain to wait it like hibernates until your immune system is down again, and then it will travel back and it will manifest as cold sores all over again God. until you spread it to more people. So it'll sit in the back of their brains as well. That is like such a creepy. Isn't that like alien? That's like intelligent design as fuck. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like that is so that's, fucking that's weird. That's menacing. Yeah. God, that sucks. God, he, being a human's yeah. weird. So let me slip real quick into hey, ever heard of Mesopotamia? Yeah. Oh, man. Let me tell you, it is such a not interesting thing. <laughs> is it? Mesopotamia is kind of just like the ancient Middle East, Iraq, Syria, Arabia mm-hmm. in general. Right. So in what's called Chaldean mythology, uh, Chaldeans were uh, Semitic people who occupied parts of Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. There were seven evil deities known as Shedu, Shed, Shedu, giant bulls with wings, and they bring about storms. And they also- um, Like the X-Men? Storm. Yeah. Yep. In the ancient texts, they're portrayed by Holly Berry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love Halle Berry. She's so hot. I love Tyler Perry. <laughs> oh my God, Holly pa- Holly Berry and Tyler Perry. They should do a movie together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they were thought to cause diseases and ailments, particularly ones affecting the brain, like catatonic states, <coughs> epilepsy, headaches, and nightmares. There was also Shabiri, the demon of blindness. This demon would allegedly rest on uncovered water at night, and when you drank it in the morning, you'd go blind. Which was probably just a certain bacteria. Yeah, probably. You know, definitely wasn't a demon. Spooky, spooky. I'm the water demon. But nothing is worse than waking up in the middle of the night and drinking like flat water. Mm, yeah. Okay, now we're getting into the ad home stretch. Lay it on me. In popular religion, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Mm, okay. Jumping into Judaism, there isn't much to talk about. Quick disclaimer. 
demons don't hold that big of relevance in Jewish beliefs. So it's very likely that anyone who is a practitioner of the faith, even someone who's gone through Hebrew school, has probably never really learned about demons as it pertains to Judaism. The more fanatic branches of Judaism, like Hasidim, there is more superstition that is tied into what they believe in practice. But for the most part, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. In Judaism, what's really weird is they're always portrayed as goats, demons. Mm-hmm. The goats symbolized pretty much any god that wasn't G-O-D, you know, Yahweh, whatever you want to call it, and therefore demons, I guess. They called demons a general term called Shedim, hmm. and those are the demons that are credited with possession. Hmm. Let's jump on down to Islam. So essentially, Islam's got two kinds of demons. They've got jinn and Shayatin. Now, the Quran mentions these people called the Zabaniya, which is a class of demons who torture the damned in hell. However, they are just following like the orders of God. They're just, you know, uh, working class dudes trying to make a living in hell. So the Shayatins are the bad guys. So Shayatins, Shayatins, however you want to say it, I don't know, are very clear cut demons like what you see in Christianity. Jinns are not so much evil spirits as they are like we're kind of vagabond guys. They cannot be seen by the human eye. They do require humans to take them in and give them food and shelter. And in return, sometimes they offer protection. So a jinn is essentially what we know as uh, like a genie. Genie is a derivative of jinn. But jinn, like humans, are subject to temptation and can be seduced or what? corrupted. Seduced and corrupted? Yeah, you didn't know that? By temptation? Yeah. What? Yep, the Temptations, the band. (laughs) Now, jinns can be bad, too. When jinns are bad, they like to follow lonely travelers and then convince them to break away from their path and then kill them and eat their bodies. Nice. So that's fun, right? That's fun. I like that. Okay. The big old JC. Christianity. Demons are corrupted spirits carrying out Satan's desires. Now, who's Satan? Well, he's the big boss man, you dummy. So he closely resembles Pan, the god of the wild, which is, I believe, a Greek god. Mm. And he was like a satyr, which is those half man, half goat things with the goat legs and the horns. And and he was all about the wild. He represented like the forest and animals. And Pan was portrayed as very lustful. And so is Lucifer. I think that turning Lucifer into a Pan-like figure was purposeful. Right. By, by the Christians, because early Christians are not too crazy about getting your D wet. You know what I mean? And that's what Lucifer represents. So back to the demons. So when you boil it down, there are really three types of demons in Christianity. Not to say that all Christians believe in this. And that goes for all the religions we've mm-hmm. talked about. So first up, there's the spirits of the damned, which is pretty much just like the really bad guys. All those people that took the filth train to Sin Town. And their soul is this forever evil thing. So those spirits can supposedly roam the earth and and cause a bunch of trouble. Secondly, there are the Nephilim. They are the offspring of angel men and human women. So at some point in the early days, angels just sort of were attracted to uh, lady people. (laughs) So they slept together and they made these... Like demigod children. Little demigod children. The spirits of the Nephilim have one real desire and that's re-embodiment. So they want to find a body to basically take over. That's hot. Take me over, demigod. Fuck yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I'm sure the angel men would love you. Okay, and the third kind of demon is just the, you know, the ones that we all know and love. They torment and possess and cause a, a whole heap of trouble. They're believed to be the fallen angels, the ones who were cast out of heaven for defying God by siding with Lucifer. They're like, yeah, whatever, God, we're not going to bow before you. You're like... Ugly. Sure. You have a dick. Gross. Yeah. Why do you even need one? Why do you give anyone a dick? Sign with a goat. When you did, when you decided to make humans, you were like, I shall make them in my image. And we were like, yeah, but you're going to leave out the dick, right? <laughs> 
You could have easily been a beautiful woman and yeah. you chose to be an ugly man instead. Right. Uh, demonology, obviously, the study of demons, uh, is studied by the Roman Catholic Church, mainly by exorcists. You know, I don't think there's really any other need to know about that kind of stuff. So demons torment people through possession or trying to convince them to abandon faith or simply revealing their true form and scaring them. So to dumb it down, they'll either take over your body, challenge your faith in some way, I don't know, mind control, whatever, or they'll just jump out from behind a couch or something and go, Ah, okay. So what I found kind of scary is that demons are believed to be able to take any form they want. So that means angel, saint, your neighbor, even like Jesus and other biblical figures. Ooh, wow. That's actually kind of scary. Like if you yeah, were, if I was re- if I was religious that would terrify me. Right. Who do you trust? Like think of all the times really diehard religious fanatics or whatever have claimed to have seen Jesus or talked to an angel or talked to God or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, hypothetically that really could have just been a demon talking to them. Ah. Which is terrifying. Or it was just like a psychotic episode. <laughs> Either way, really spooky stuff, you know? So that's demons in Christianity and in all other major religions. I've, I've covered a, a pretty wide range of, of demons and beliefs and everything. So whether you know it or not, your concept of demons has most certainly been influenced by some kind of major religion. You know, you can't escape it. Now, one huge facet of this demon business is how it affects humans, which is primarily possession and exorcisms. If only there was someone sitting across from me who could tell me about that? Well, what's interesting about exorcisms, so like like you were saying, demons are known throughout history and all over the world, even like isolated communities, but so is possession. And exorcisms have been done even in like remote areas of the world. Exorcisms as we know it now actually uh, came out to be from Pope Paul V. He actually wrote the Rite of Exorcism and published it in 1614 because there was this huge trend of just random ass people and priests performing exorcisms on people because they assumed that they were possessed. And they actually mistaked a lot of bubonic plague victims as being possessed by demons. So they would just exorcise them to try and like get rid of their sickness. But it's like, no, actually, they're just (laughs) deathly ill and they will die. (laughs) There's like this big spike in... um, People thinking they're possessed and like just these random people like, yeah, I can I can exercise you. And Pope Paul V was like, all right, we need to standardize this process. This is getting out of control. So he made the right of exorcism. Part of the right says that uh, you should distinguish between what is demon possession and what is melancholy, which is like sadness. Melancholy was what they used to call depression. Right. It's it, They used it as um, an indicator for mental illness it was like Like the prelude prelude to like more uh, mental ill like symptoms because a lot of mood disorders and like personality disorders start with or or Mm -hmm. include depression and disassociative behavior right and the pope was like hold on if these people are just mentally ill we need to leave that to the doctors that is not our thing we only treat the demon people. Meanwhile, the doctors are like, hey, uh, let's cut you up and let your blood out. <laughs> Have you tried leeches? Yeah. <laughs> um, Please leave this to the professional leech carriers. Right. But a big thing with like exorcists in general is the mental illness. It's trying to differentiate between somebody who's actually possessed by a demon yeah. and people who are just mentally ill. So you get a lot of psychiatrists weighing in on exorcisms as well because it's very like 
interrelated. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, psychiatrists wanted, some of them, obviously not all of them, wanted a trance and possession disorder added to the DSM, which is the manual of all yeah. like mental disorders. Yeah. Because so many people were affected by this like trance or possession, um, and it wasn't really explained in any other now, way. When was this? This is like recently. Oh, I really? think they actually ended up adding something to DSM-5. Um, But psychiatrists were pushing for that for a while because they felt it was like a separate condition that people had that wasn't really explained in any other way. So some signs of possession that you're able supposedly to differentiate from a mental illness is that somebody who's possessed has abnormal strength. So a lot of stories say that they needed like 10 people to hold yeah. down like one 90-pound woman because she was like thrashing around so hard or they can um, throw like entire like wardrobes or like these really massive objects all on their own. Yeah. And they have an aversion to sacred objects, holy water, crucifixes, the Bible. Um, if you're using these objects on that person, they would want to like thrash around. They don't, they don't want that shit on them, basically. Speaking and different languages so the big thing is latin supposedly people who are possessed can speak and respond in perfect latin like just these simple farmers people who did nothing but herd cows their entire life can now speak perfect latin Mm. without having like any prior availability to having it otherwise dead language let alone the fact that like geographically a lot of them probably didn't make sense like some farmer in minnesota right like like, e pluribus unum And then also um, having access to secret knowledge. So knowing about a person's past life and what happened to them. So the Catholic Church is the main like entity that would give exorcisms after all the random Joe Schmo people were giving them. The Catholic Church was like, "Uh, I think we're going to handle this. Yeah, right. right, right. (laughs) And then people were like, yeah, I think I, I, I trust the Catholic Church when it comes to demons. The Catholic Church sees demons and devils influence as a spectrum from like demonic oppression the pressure to accept evil mm-hmm. all the way to demonic possession because demons have influence supposedly on you know humans and yeah. and a lot of different ways so they see it as if you have like a minor demonic influence maybe it's just trying to influence you to do certain things that maybe you wouldn't normally do the low end of the spectrum is just like you have a demon in your ear going hey maybe you should do this maybe you should hit your wife yeah. you know maybe you should yell at your kid Whereas, like, the other end of the spectrum is, like, your head is spinning and you're vomiting all over people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, priests have a process to ensure that a person is actually possessed and it's not just, like, a mentally ill person, which is a large majority of what cases actually end up being. Sure, yeah. Um, and a big one is that the person gets a psychiatric evaluation. Majority of the cases end there with them being schizophrenic or have a dissociative disorder. They get diagnosed. They're saying now that exorcists are on such a rise. They're getting an insane amount of people claiming that they're possessed. They're churning out as many exorcists as they can because they're just the churches are overloaded. That means we're going backwards. Right. Like, you know um, I mean? like if, we're, if more people were like, yeah, oh, it's the demons. Definitely <laughs> the demons. Like, we need to get better health care. Supposedly priests and, you know, the Catholic Church think that this rise in um, demonic possessions is from a new popularity in magic, witchcraft and communication with the dead. And then some different pop culture influences like Harry Potter, which makes magic seem cool and like mainstream. And now like those damn millennials keep talking to the dead and using Ouija boards because they think it's cool. And now we keep getting a bunch of demonic possessions. That's a good point. So the 
ritual of how they perform an exorcism. Uh, it usually begins with the priest and several assistants because like I said earlier, they usually have like abnormal strength. So they need to, as many people as they can get to hold them down yeah. or strap them down basically. The priest will sprinkle holy water on the person and make a sign with a cross. He'll... I say he, he or she could be a female. Yeah, mind your pronouns, please. <laughs> Recites the litany of saints, followed by some scripture. They then address the demon and establish some rules, which I thought was kind of interesting. And the rules are that they, the demon must reveal themselves when called. They must give their names when asked to identify themselves. And they must leave when dismissed. And they claim that because the exorcist is working with full authority of God, that the demons have to obey. So if mm. they are asked to leave, then they must leave the person's body. It's weird to hear that demons follow rules. I know. It's, it's like, like oh, a, no problem. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll leave. We, like they have a safe word. Right. <laughs> you must leave. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Oh, all right. Well, Damn he it. said he told me to. I guess I got to go. So there's different ways in which you can attract demons to you and give that doorway. Different way you can open a doorway. Right. And it's basically a lot of spiritual, like magical type things, but habitual sin and curses are yeah. The, yeah. The, the big ones, right, you know? that makes sense. And another thing I found really interesting, about 80% of people who claim are um, possessed by a demon are sexual abuse survivors. And they mm. say that having sexual abuse creates a soul wound, which allows the demon to, like, enter in the person and, like, take control of them. I was so upset when I read that initially. Yeah, that does. It makes sense. People with severe PTSD. Traumatic experiences. Yeah, or... people who are emotionally damaged and have been scandalized. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that they would be someone... That's like vulnerable to that. Um, some other statistics I'm just going to throw out real quick. Okay. Half of Americans believe in demonic possession. Half? Half, yeah. That seems like crazy I don't know, to me. Maybe not. If with this new wave of mysticism That's and like true. occultism. Because, yeah, like younger people are spiritual, I think. Like, especially like astrology and all that stuff. It's like. Yeah. A big thing. Um, and 70%, this is back in 2007, but 70% of people believe in the devil. Oh, my God. Yeah, isn't that crazy? What? So to jump into a nice... That's, wi that's wild. 70% <laughs> of people believe in the devil. 70% uh, of people don't believe that climate change is a thing. Does <laughs> 70 believe in the oh, devil? Red man in a suit with horns? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Ice cast melting? Nice try. Fat chance. I don't think so. <laughs> So I, I would like to jump into a very well-known um, story of an exorcism. Hell yeah. And you might have heard it's the case of Annalise Mitchell. Michelle. I don't know how to say it. It's German, so I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But she was a German Catholic woman who ended up dying of starvation in 1976 after 67 exorcisms were performed on her within a nine-month time span. Oh, my God. She actually had a lot of recordings done of her while she was having her exorcism done. But she did grow up very Catholic. Her parents were very convinced that she was possessed by demons. But before, she was like a very happy, nice girl. But by the time she was 23, she was heavily bruised, scarred, and deranged. She was supposedly taken over by demons and fought for nearly eight years before losing her battle with evil. Her uh, exorcist and I can't remember who else. There was like another person that actually ended up being sued and were guilty for homicide and negligence. 
because mm-hmm. they feel like they allowed her to die of starvation due to like all of mm. these exorcisms and stuff. So I think that was like a big contributor of the axe coming down. Probably why the Catholic Church is so like careful now. Mm-hmm. But she was known to like throw things across an entire room and she was like a very small girl. She spoke in Latin and in the room, a lot of things were flying around, you know, general okay, yeah. like demon possession type things. But I have some recordings of what she sounded like. I don't know how true this is, but supposedly the human larynx cannot produce such low vibrating and pulsating voices and sounds for more than a few minutes without permanently damaging the vocal cords to the point where the larynx cannot produce sounds anymore. But Annalise talked with those voices for hours and hours at a time for days and months. Okay, that's creepy. And especially because she was so dehydrated and, like, malnourished and, you know, she was stuck in a room, basically. Like, how right. was she able to, like, keep making these sounds? And right. how was she so strong yeah. if she was so malnourished? It's going to give me nightmares. It's, it's pretty... Uh, I think it's creepy. Okay. Let's hear it. So that's a little taste. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Like for me, I can't imagine doing that for like hours and days and months. And endlessly. So I, th- oh, I thought that, that, that was very crazy. That's... Very scared the f- shit out of me. Like they and she was like obviously she's German. Ten, she's German, yeah. which is why I didn't understand anything she said. God, I would love to get like a transcription of what right, she said. But that's terrifying. She sounded like a garbage disposal. Right. Like that's so lo- like I don't think I could do that. Yeah. You should see the pictures of her. She I is can't. scary. Like her eyes are like completely sunken in and like black. She has like bruises all over her body. But one criticism um yeah. people bring up about exorcisms is if there's so many and they're like on the rise now, um, and we have phones and all this stuff is like, why don't we have recordings mm-hmm. of like objects flying across the room and crazy things happening? Because if you actually look up videos for exorcisms, they're boring. You know, like nothing right. really is going on. It's yeah. just like, okay, that person's a really good actor and this guy's just like screaming at her for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like there is no like stuff bursting into flames and shit flying across the room. Right, really and, good stuff. And the other thing that they say is... um well, they claim that they speak different languages, but if you don't know Latin, how do you know they're speaking Latin? That's true. They could just be speaking nonsense. And then the other thing was the strength. Apparently, a lot of people who are mentally ill do have superhuman abnormal strength. Supposedly, the reason is that they lack that fear that most people have. They're not afraid to like hurt themselves, so they can just do insane things with their body. Like if you go to like a psychiatric hospital or something, you you need multiple people to hold down like a small woman That's sometimes. True. And if you convince yourself that you're possessed by a demon, of course, you're going to have aversion to like right. sacred objects. Yeah, especially if you are super religious and like in your head you think you are possessed. Right. You're like, well, I'm possessed. I would hate to see a cross right now. And then you see it and you're like, God. But one exorcist says that the reason you don't see a lot of evidence for demon possession is that demons won't submit to lab studies and they won't allow themselves to be recorded. Demons do not open themselves up to uh, peer review. They said um, the reason is that the demons want to sow doubt in people and they don't want to confirm their existence because they want people to question it and they want people to be always kind of confused and have that fear of not knowing, essentially. Yeah. 
Spooky stuff, man. It's no coincidence that throughout cultures and religions, there are believed to be these manifestations of cruelty, violence, and evil, you know, like demons themselves. I think Mm -hmm. that makes sense because over the centuries, human civilization has had a lot of issues, Mm -hmm. but its biggest issue was just that, being civilized, you know? Right, yeah. We're animals, and that's a fact, and I think we're born naturally bad. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of problems come from, is the fact that we always deny that, that we have animal instincts. And so I just think that like our deepest fears about ourselves are demons. And then possessions. In so many cases, it's so obviously mental health. Right. Like um, the voices saying, you know, do this bad thing. Hit mm-hmm. your wife. Go here. Go do this. Do this. People that are schizophrenic hear voices all the time. Right. And like even just as people, we kind of get those random urges. You know, we're animals. We're humans. Right. It's, it's just like a thing that you have to be like, oh, no, that's not a good thing to do. Right. I'm going to push that thought aside and not do it. <laughs> I know. I know we talked about a long time ago in some episode that we never even put up was uh, The Call of the Void. Yeah, yeah. That urge to jump well, off we, a cliff. We did, that urge to... we did upload it, but I think we privated it. Yeah, it was like episode three or something. Yeah. It's like that. If, if you didn't have that barrier telling mm-hmm. you like, I I have this weird urge to jump, this weird urge to do something insane, but I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. If you have some sort of disorder, maybe you don't have that barrier. So maybe you are going to go burn down that house because the voice told you to. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are going to kill somebody because the voice told you to. And then when you're caught, you're just saying, well, the voice told me to. I had to. It was nagging me, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like a lot of it can be chalked up to that. But mm-hmm. there also are cases that are really, really weird, like that Emily Rose thing. Right. You know what I mean? That's some scary stuff. That's some confusing thing. And that's what I love the most about this paranormal stuff, this right. weird supernatural stuff. Because you can never really explain it away. No. There's always going to be that whisper of doubt. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to stuff like this, it's a very existential, creeping, uncertainty whisper of doubt. Mm-hmm. It's very heavy and very strange and very mysterious. And that's why I love it so much. Yeah. So, Jeremy, I guess a good place to leave off on all this is a good vibration. Okay. Do you have anything positive you'd like to put into the world this week? Anything that makes you happy that you feel good about? I don't, I don't want to say no. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, not at all. Nope. Not at all. Nope, nope. Do you? Let me hear yours. My good vibration this week is the existence of wine and the existence of pizza and how well they go together. Because it's a bomb equation, especially if you got some cuddling in there too. My good vibration is to the internet. Hmm. Because without it, I would have never found out anything that I just read to you guys. Yeah, that's a good vibration. The internet does lots of good stuff. We are, by definition, technically cyborgs. If you have a problem nowadays, you whip out your phone. That helps you think. That helps you remember. Like Google is part of me at this point. I know. I don't know. I can't imagine going to a library and having to check out a book to find out stuff about this. Yeah, that's why people just stayed on a farm. Because they're like, you know what? I'm just going to... I'm just going to acknowledge that I'm ignorant and then I'm... I'm going to kill this cow, watch some ducks fuck in a pond, and then I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go shoot something. Yep. I'm going to go fuck my wife. I'm going to shoot my wife. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if you would like to send us a question or if you want to send us a good vibration that we can talk about or any Tinderellas, you can email us at accordingtoanidiot at gmail.com or you can tweet us at idiotsaccord. We also have an Instagram and a Facebook now, According to an Idiot. We're also on Spotify now, so don't forget about that. You can also rate us on itunes if you really really like us and we'll be happy about it thanks for listening everybody also if you have any topics you'd like us to talk about feel free to contact us about that as well but otherwise you guys have a good week and i love you all so much bye guys bye